0: Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. We are reading through the book of Acts. um, And we are at Acts chapter 9. And I'm going to try to not come unglued during this chapter because this is near and dear to me because I'm going to share my personal experience as well. um, And we are going to discuss one man's conversion. Um... And we're gonna just dig into this and, and see this amazing that this is the true power of Jesus Christ, and we're gonna see this displayed. And I just want to give a, a little bit of background real quick before I start reading. Um, so this is about a man named Saul. okay? We've already seen Saul referenced. If you're following me in the book of Acts, Saul was referenced in chapter seven. Saul was referenced. First verse of chapter 8 as well. Saul was a a mighty leader um, in that day's religious um, community. And he was um, a murderer who killed Christians. He hated Christians that followed Jesus Christ. Um, Even to the extent of pulling them from their own homes, throwing them in prison, um, just really heavily was assigned as one of the main persecutors um, in the the early beginning church. Okay, and I referenced in chapter eight um, something really awesome that that God is very strategic in how He works with people and how He started to really you know shape this culture of this first century Christian church followers of Jesus Christ um he does it very strategically and he usually gets somebody from on the inside he does an inside job in a community um and through that just really has great effects and and influence on the people and just really stirs things up too uh but let's get into this man this is going to be awesome i'm so excited about this chapter Um, verse one, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Okay, so he's wanting to get some arrest warrants there. Um, And they call him followers of the way because Jesus was the way. Um, Verse 3, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. Verse four, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So I love this. Saul is on his way to go persecute believers. And he has a a spiritual encounter with the Savior himself. I love it, man. And he knew in verse 5, he said, Who are you, Lord? His conscience already knew who Jesus was. And, And so Jesus calls Saul right here. He basically is confronting him, and now he is calling him. He is trying to um, invite him, so to speak, recruit him as a follower, and Jesus gives him instruction to get up and to go into the city and be told what you must do. And see, I believe right here that Saul, Saul had an encounter with Jesus that was obviously going to be life-changing no matter what he chose to do. But he could have disobeyed and ignored um, this experience. But we're going to go on to verse 7. The man, the men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. So it's very interesting that it says, you know, light shined, But none of them seen the light, but they did hear a voice, but they saw no one. So this experience was really just for Saul himself. Um, Verse eight, Saul picked himself up off the ground, but he opened his eyes. He was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. Verse nine, he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas, where when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he could see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So we see, you know, Jesus giving clear direction to Ananias about Saul because Saul had been chosen For a very specific purpose and obviously to write most of the New Testament um, to be a very courageous man. Um, So we see that there is very divine instruction here being given. Um, And then we see in verse 15, Jesus says to Ananias that Saul is his chosen instrument and he is going to use him for a very noble purpose. Um, verse 17 So Ananias went and found Paul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some fruit food and regained his strength. Okay, so we see Saul; uh, his vision is restored. Now he could see. Now he's baptized, <clears throat> and we will carry on. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying. He is indeed the Son of God. Um, obviously, struck blind, came and had a, a radical experience with Jesus Christ. Um, a few days, and here he is. He's talking about, man, Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. Um, all who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation? among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priest? <clears throat> so we see the conversion Paul here. And there. this was the guy who arrested these people. Now all of a sudden Jesus changed his life and now he is preaching Jesus. And people are like, what the heck, man? This guy is the one who like, killed the Jesus followers, what happened? You know, that had to spark tons of curiosity in the people, you know, to go from such extreme to the other extreme is that's the miracle of the gospel right there. And it shows, man, the power of Jesus and just how real he is. Um, so verse 22, Saul's preaching became more and more powerful. And the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. They were watching for him day and night at the city gate so they could murder him. But Saul was told about their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. So... Saul had to hide, so to speak, because he turned against, um, you know, basically violated. I don't know the, if there was a code or whatnot, um, but, but here he is. Saul completely goes against what he was doing, shifts gears, and goes on the other. He's basically traded. He traded teams is what he did. He traded out darkness for light is what happened. Um, you know, so he really made mad the people he was working with. Um, so Saul's hiding. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. And rightly so. I mean, if you were in that time, if you were in this particular story and knew how Saul you know was arresting people who who claimed to follow Jesus and now all of a sudden he's claiming you would think like oh boy this 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 is an inside job you know um probably a lot like our government does now is they strategically place people you know but they lie and they were probably scared that you know Saul was acting like he believed in Jesus but really he was going to capture him i can imagine how They'd be like on high alert, like, oh boy, this is a scary situation we have on our hands. Um, and they did not believe he had truly become a believer, it says. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. I love that. So God connects Saul with the apostles. Um, And that's important that Saul had that that body of apostles around him because I think that was how God um, invested in Saul is through his chosen apostles here. Um, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some of the Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, his hometown. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. It also grew in numbers. So we see that the the church had peace, it says, and that it became stronger. The believers lived in fear of the Lord. What's fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is a respect for God. It's very simple. It's not being scared. It's just being respectful that God is God. Um, and we see the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was encouraging, keeping these people strong um, through this time. This is a very hard, dark time. Nothing like today's Christianity. I mean, this would be like going into China, a Christian-hating nation, and trying to spread Jesus. That's exactly the best illustration I could give, a very hostile... Um, you know, hard, they knew the opposition was great. Um, you know, but, but the Holy Spirit was clearly pushing them. Um, verse 32, meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Leda. There he met a man named Aeneas who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years Peter said to him, "Um, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. Jesus healed the man. Then the whole population of Lydda, Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around and they turned to the Lord. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor about this time she became ill and died her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room but the believers had heard that peter was nearby at lydda so they sent two men to beg him please come as soon as possible verse 39 so peter returned with them and as soon as he arrived They took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and the clothes Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows, and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. The news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. So we see an instrumental miracle in the early church right here, where Peter was used by Jesus um, in the resurrection of a dead woman named Tabitha. Um, now that is, it's hard to believe. It's very hard to believe. I have never seen a miracle or a, a coming back from the dead. Um, you know, in my own life, I have not seen that, but, um, it's what took place. And, and that created why, what was the purpose of that miracle was because of the news spread throughout the whole town. What's the news? The news is Jesus Christ is still alive. And it's all about Jesus. I love the book of Acts because it's all about the manifestation of Jesus Christ continuing on through his apostles. Um. And, and so this wraps up chapter 9. But I want to share something that is very near and dear to my heart. And that is that I like Saw share a personal experience or an encounter with Jesus Christ. I did not go blind and lose my sight. But I want to talk about this experience for a moment that I experienced in my own life and the impact that it's had on me. Um, so if you guys listen to my podcast, you'll know I struggled with drugs and alcohol for 16 years. Um, alcohol became my new vice like the last seven years, um, but anyways, I, I became very depressed, I have a wonderful, awesome, amazing wife, two children, um, but I became very depressed, and it was because I was living in contradiction to my conscience, um, I had a tremendous amount of mental illness, depression, anxiety, um, just really dealt with a serious inner battle of my desires. I always wanted to do good, but, I mean, evil of addiction, lying, manipulation, selfishness, self-centeredness had gripped the heart of who I was. And I really began hating myself. I hated myself for the things I did, the life I lived. I lied to people. I pretended to be something I wasn't. Um, And I would just... You know, really do just about, you know, anything to get anyone to like me. And ultimately led me to a very, very depressed state. Um, I was going to commit suicide. I took my son outside sled riding. Um, my son is blind in one eye. He's see in seeing the other. And he's always been kind of cautious to sled. Um, I took him halfway up on the hill And I was crying this day, just overwhelmed with, you know, really feeling sorry for myself and just, um, I was really hurt. I was just, I felt rejected. I felt unloved. I felt unworthy. And at the same time, on the flip side of that, I also seen the damage I was doing to my children, my wife. Um, My life basically came to a crossroads, so to speak, and... You know, I told my son, I said, let go. And I said, trust me, I'll catch you. And as I said those words to my son, I became consciously aware of Jesus Christ in that moment. I I became very aware that Jesus was there in the same words I spoke to my son. Let go. Trust me. I'll catch you was spoken deep into my heart, deep down inside of there. And that day, there was a seed of hope, and that is the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ that day gripped my heart and forever changed the direction of my life. Okay, so how did that play out? So instantly, after that magical moment, um, spiritual awakening, whatever you want to call it, um, divine encounter with Christ... Lasted I'm guessing ten to fifteen minutes, I thought we were taken to heaven. Um, my son actually at one point looked at me and said, Dad, do you do you feel that?" And he was even aware of the moment and and so when I came back to um, just the the surreal feeling, it was just a really it was a complete wholeness that I felt, and I thought like I shared, we were in heaven. I thought that was, it was just amazing, guys. The um, the emotion, the overwhelming peace and joy I had. I had never experienced anything like that my entire life. Um, so coming out of that moment, I started to really be overwhelmed with some of the secrets in my life. And a lot of the secrets in my life were talking to Um, women, um, when I would drink, I would do shameful things. I would call women, try to hook up with them. Um, I had, my wife had questioned me about several events in my life, um, with other women that I denied and lied to her about moments, uh, just was, was very deceitful and was, was living a double life basically to put it in a quick, uh, perspective. But, Anywho, so I was overwhelmed with wanting to tell her the, the the things that I had done. I needed to get those things out and expose those secrets. Um, and I was prepared for her to leave me. And she had every right to leave me. And I thought, you know, for the first time, which was strange because it wasn't like me to think about other people before myself. I was always a selfish person. Everything had become about me and what I wanted, when I wanted it, how I wanted it. Um, but this was a turning point. And this was where Jesus was making himself known, but I didn't even fully really understand it at the time. I only know it because of hindsight and seeing it all play itself out. But I went inside and I told my wife she was working at home at the time. Take a break from work. I had some things I had to tell her. I was very disturbed. She could tell I was emotionally you know, something had happened, and so I talked to my wife, and I began unraveling, I began just telling her all these secrets, she, she already knew them, but I had almost convinced her that she was, that, that she was wrong about it all, because I would lie so hard, and I had so many lies buried deep down inside of me, and I told her everything, I got everything out, as much information as I could, and And thankfully, by the grace of God, my wife did not leave me. But that, I think, gave her some closure because those were all the things she wanted to know. And then, you know, I told my wife that Jesus had saved me. And she said, oh, boy, you need to go to the nut ward. Um, And I know that's funny, but no, seriously, she really thought I was nuts. Um, And... So anyways, I began waking up early. I, I had just been, Christ really started to shift my desires in my life. And I had a newfound love for the word of God. And I was so desperate at this time. I was so desperate for a new life and, and for, for this, this relationship, the, the Christ revealing himself to me. I wanted to know him more. And I wanted to immerse myself in this new life. And so what did I do? I started to wake up early and I took to the Word of God. I began studying in the Word of God for hours at a time. Um, And after months of doing this, my wife took note of it. And, you know, she ultimately ended up giving her life to Jesus Christ because she's seen what Jesus did to her husband. Um, You know, and since then, you know, Christ has... Developed himself and anchored himself so deep down in my heart. He's taught me life skills, conflict resolution skills. Man, just a life of peace, uh, a life of forgiveness. Um, he's really helped uh, put some tools in my toolbox in life to where I can navigate and mature. And and that you know, it's 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 been a beautiful journey. And he's shifted my occupation. Um, he's placed me in a, a, a treatment center that provides help for people who are addicted to you know, things I used to be addicted to that are doing the same thing, living the lifestyle I used to live. So I help them navigate that life. And, and I also don't miss a moment to share Jesus Christ with them um, because that's where the power is at. Um, you know, so I just wanted to share a little bit about my personal experience with Christ. And also I want to, I hope that my story encourages you. It's not some spiritually weird thing. Um, and no, not everybody's gonna, I almost feel bad sometimes sharing it because people think, well, why didn't I, I don't know. I can't answer those questions, but all I know is that, you know, Christ died for you just as well as me. And, um, you know, if you're in a place where, you know, you feel Christ knocking and working in your heart to surrender to that. Let him anchor himself in your life as well. Because um, it's a beautiful thing. And Christ died for everybody. and And, you know, he shed his blood so that there could be forgiveness of sin. Um, so I want to encourage you that, that new life is available to you. Um, and I, I want to thank you once again for, uh, listening, following me and just, um, I hope that you open your heart and begin to put God's word to practice in your own life. Uh, begin to be a student and study it and, and don't go out talking about it and preaching it and telling others about it until your life lines up with it. Make sure your words and actions align and that's where, you know, the miracles and the signs um, will take place. So thank you guys. I love you guys and just really just enjoy sharing um, life with you all.